all you gore fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man good how you doing not bad um this is the first time i've had to set an alarm for anything in months if not over a year no it hasn't been a year because we would do it not that long ago when i'd be working night shifts oh yeah that's right yeah oh yeah because i haven't even like been away from that other job for a year yet it seems like it though yeah. You get used to not doing it quick. Yeah, you get used to just sleeping until, like, one in the afternoon very easily. Yeah, it was just a crazy week, and a lot of stuff going on, and I don't feel like recording the episode the day before it goes up, so I was like, let's just do it this weekend in the morning. Yeah, and the last time it was my fault that we canceled, because I was working on my lawnmower, and I got too hot, and I had a headache. <laughs> So, you could have made up something way cooler than that for everyone listening. Well, no, I'm being truthful. My lawnmower took a shit, and I don't want to spend $100 for a new one. So, I'm trying to fix it with my dad, and, like, we were out there for, like, two and a half hours tinkering with it. Never got to start that day. And, like, both of the mom ended up coming out and being like, you both need to go inside, because me and dad were both, like, beat red. Like, it started to be where, like, I started to, uh... Like, not lose consciousness, but I was, like... You get woozy. Like, but, yeah, my head was starting to get you, really... Stupid. You were feeling a bit faint. Yeah, because <laughs> because the I went outside in the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Man, your dad is a fireman. This guy went into, like, burning buildings. I'm just picturing him watching you stand in the sun and not feeling that great, being like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I was definitely, like, standing in the garage shade as much as I could. I had, like, a water bottle on my head. I kept running to go get towels <laughs> to, like, dry sweat off. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a big difference between, like, my dad's generation and me. Because I'm like, I got to work on this lawnmower, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. And he's like, I got to go <laughs> save five people. <laughs> yeah, I had to go run through fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally on fire, basically. And I'm like, I feel faint. The sun's out. <laughs> Oh my god, but yeah, that's why we're recording early, because we missed our normal time. But yeah, this is Jaws. Yes, uh, 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg, His the second movie he's only ever directed uh, at this time. What was the first? Uh, Duel. It was basically, oh, okay. um, I've not seen it, but I really want to see it. It's basically Jaws, but instead of a shark, it's a giant truck that's chasing this guy in a car. That sounds wild. But, yeah, it's, okay. it's, I've heard really good things about it. Uh, Cinemasker talked about it a couple years ago, and that's when it like I found out about it. And I was like, yeah, this looks kick-ass. That'd be cool to see Spielberg's first movie. You know, that'd be neat. Yeah, I, th I think it's also a made-for-TV movie. So this would be his first like big-budget movie. Yeah. And look, I said this last week, if anyone listened to the Mandy episode towards the end, Jaws is one of the most dissected and talked about and studied movies of all time. I don't know if Throbbing with Horror is going to add any new information you haven't heard of. So if you're coming here just for facts, there's going to be other shows that are probably more suited for you. If you just want to hear us talk about Jaws, you're in the right place. Yeah, yeah I am basically wanted to sing these songs, so I was like, let's do Jaws. Yes, yeah, so that's where we're at. <laughs> so... 
this is also our first uh, PG-rated movie that we've ever done on Throbbing with Horror. Yeah, because this was, uh, what, probably about 10 years before PG-13 became a thing, so. Yeah, it was way before the PG-13 rating existed, which is, can you imagine, like, submitting this and trying to get a PG rating today? Oh, God, yeah, like, people are getting eaten, there's so much fucking blood and whatnot, uh, yeah, there's no way yeah. that there's uh... mutilated body parts, people like spitting up blood while sharks eating them, people, let alone people drinking and smoking throughout. You could never get a PG on this today. No, children are getting eaten. Like, yeah, they really go for like they even do the children kill in this and, and a dog that they eat a dog. Do they eat the dog? Because I've had I've seen this debated a thousand times. I'm saying, yes, they ate the dog because they you see a scene of the dog swimming. And then shit starts to happen, and then there's just, like, the dog's chew toys floating there, and the guy calling for him. So I'm definitely saying the shark had the dog for an appetizer before it went after, um, what's his name, Alex? <laughs> I'm not even saying, like, oh, I don't like seeing the dog die here. I don't like that theory because then we get the blood in the water first, and that's, like, the big thing when the kid dies. Like, you see the blood. So I don't think the dog does, but I'm not positive. Yeah, but a dog's a lot smaller than a kid, and Maya just, like, swallowed it. <laughs> uh, that's true, with the size of the shark. But anyway, that's way later. Um, So, yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw Jaws? Oh, God. Well, this is, like, my mother's favorite movie. Because she's terrified of sharks, but she, like, is obsessively watches uh, Shark Week every year. Um, She loves every shark movie, no matter how bad it is. Like... A shark exorcist um what's the one a trailer park shark is one that they watched like a few months ago that sounds incredible because I mean, mom's always excited to tell me when she finds new shark movies but god i must have been like five or six when i saw this yeah i mean everyone like our generation is probably young when they saw it, but i don't think i actually sat down and watched jaws till i was probably in high school or maybe even college like i never actually sat down and watched the full movie until maybe around then well because i definitely remember when i was like first watching this when i was like super little the first part of the movie i never really cared that much about i always just liked it when they got on the boat yeah it's a boring movie as a kid until then yeah exactly because it's a lot of just talking set up you're like i don't care if they open or close the beaches like what's all this politics shit i want to see a shark attack a boat <laughs> yeah Pretty damn perfect movie. Um, yeah. Not spoiling the rating or anything for the end, but pretty damn up there. Like, and literally the first blockbuster of all time. The term blockbuster did not exist before Jaws because there was never a movie where so many people were going to it. They were lined up around the block to see it. Well, and also the fucking, I mean, the cultural shit that Jaws caused because now then everyone became afraid of sharks and, like, this huge shark hunt went out, and, like, no one wanted to swim anymore. Like, even mom will still say, like, she'll be, like, in the in a pool or something. And if she thinks about Jaws too much, she has to get out of the pool because she's like, there's a shark in here. No, sharks, no. Alligators, that's a thing that happens, though. Yeah. Speaking of alligators, I've, are you uh caught up with Loki yet? Uh, I won't say yet. That's, I won't talk about it. Yes, I am. I know exactly what you're talking about, but some listeners might not. Right. It's complete spoilers, but isn't that awesome? <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, well, I won't say anything else, but it was incredible. I, I had to talk to someone about it, because everyone I keep asking was like, no, I'm not caught up with Loki yet. Like, when we went to go see uh, 
Black Widow the other day, and Maxwell's like, I haven't seen it yet. And it's like, fuck you, Maxwell. God damn it. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I made him turn around so I could ask you something real quick. Yeah. This this movie, how you're talking about, made people afraid. It's weird because I was thinking about this. I love this movie, but I'm like, the environmentalist side in me, I'm like, the world probably would have been better if this movie never came out for sharks. Yeah, it definitely would have. Because, and it's also kind of fucked up because, like, shark con- conservationalists? Is that the right word? Yeah, you got it. You got it. All right, cool. I fucked my way through it. Uh, Actually helped make this movie and got some of those shots and whatnot. So whenever they saw what, like, it caused, I wonder what their thing was. Well, I'm sure they didn't foresee it becoming such a huge deal. Like, it's not the first shark attacks to be featured in movies either. But it was the first one, like I said, it was the world's first blockbuster, and it was executed so well, it didn't just make it slightly scary, it made it terrifying for people. Right. So I don't think they could have foresaw that happening. And it's something that people are still dealing with today, like the stigma of sharks. If you jump in the water, a shark isn't going to appear right there, not even nine times out of ten, like uh, 299 times out of 300. Like, the ocean is so big, like, it's it's weird. Like, if you see a shark way off the coast... You're not in any danger on the coast, but people still today, like if they see a shark, oh, it was shown off the coast of Ocean City. Yeah, like the equivalent of three miles off the coast. That doesn't right. mean the beach is in danger, but it's we're still dealing with the Jaws panic today. Well, that's what, like, because I watch Shark Week every once in a while, depending on, like, what they have, like, what specials they have. I'm going to watch that Jackass special, the Jackass Shark Week this year. That looks wild. I'm really excited for that because it looks like it's almost going to be like a Wild Boys thing because it's Steve-O and Pontius. So, like, I'm really excited for that. But I always, like, they always try to push so hard now, and I'm glad they do, like you were saying, like, that, no, it's don't be afraid of them. We need to protect these creatures. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. One comes near me. Uh Uh-uh. But, yeah, I won't ever be that close to one. Oh, no, because I'm not going in the ocean, because the ocean means the beach, and the beach is too hot. (laughs) As we just, lawnmower work is too hot, the beach is out of the question. Yeah. I feel bad, I I pick on you worse than Maxwell about this lawnmower thing. Oh, no, I will pick on me, too, because I got home, and I had to tell Liz, basically, like, yeah, I got sick because I was outside too long. And I was like, I think I have to cancel recording tonight. And she's like, you'll probably be okay. And I was like, I don't think so. So, you know, we said, I don't know if we ever said on air, but how Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise, John Carpenter based part of him on Jaws. Right, because Jaws is just a silent, menacing killer where he just goes around. There's no purpose, really, other than just to kill. And also we get that awesome POV shot in Jaws that is used in Halloween. I realized that this time watching it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Was that used quite a bit before that or is that still kind of innovative using that shot here? Well, that there was, I think it was almost, I don't know if it was like it like created here or what, but I know that there was so much shit that Spielberg had to go through to make this movie because he wanted to shoot it on the water, which means salt water. So the salt water fucked with everything like Robert the shark or Bruce. Fuck. No, it's not Robert the tire. Bruce the shark like kept fucking up. And that's why there's like there were supposed to be so many more shots of the shark. But it would never really work that well. But I almost like how it turned out because it's more scary when you don't see as much of it. And that's one of the things that they attribute to this movie's success. Because the shots we see of full body shark later, 
they look good enough, practical effects, but I think if we would have had a whole movie seeing that shark, it would have started seeming so fake by the end of it. Because even there, it gets a little, I can tell it's a big plastic shark. Well, yeah, you can see the jaws, like, its jaws has, like, a hinge, and you can see the hinge and shit. It's probably good that it fucked up and they had to rely more on dorsal fins and just dragging it under the water and stuff, because I think, like you said, it made it more scary, and it's classic, you reveal your monster later thing. Right, and it's also, like, the one shot where, um, the, uh boys are in the lagoon and there's that guy in that tiny rowboat that's for some reason paddling over to the young children going hey boys how you doing no, <laughs> like, they were having trouble he was showing them how to do it yeah but he was talking so creepily he's like you guys okay over there <laughs> fair point but whenever he gets capsized off the boat and he's trying to climb back on it and you just see the silhouette and a little bit of the shark come out behind him and he just gets pulled under it's so much scarier than like later when like I love the scene, but when the shark jumps onto the boat and it's like its jaws are like nang, 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 nang. <laughs> I agree. I think that's the scariest shot of the shark is that like in the pond lagoon thing where you just see it through the water, but you don't get a full shot of it. I think that's the coolest scene of the shark. Yeah, you get that green murkiness over the water, so it's not quite there. But And it also almost makes it look more disgusting, because it's, like, kind of green. Yeah. Uh, you want to start our beat for beat of the whole thing? Yeah, Um. so what, it opens up where it's these, like, I'm guessing, like, 20s or teenagers partying on the beach. And two of them run away, because the girl's like, hey, let's go. And she, it looks like she waited way too long to try to, like, hook up with this guy, because he's annihilated. Oh, he's gone. He's fucking gone. Oh, yeah, it's like a zombie chasing her. And, like, she keeps screaming, like, come on, come on. He's like, I'm coming. And she runs into the water to go skinny dip, and he, like, sits down to take his, like, clothes off but immediately passes out. <laughs> well, it's like the effort of pulling the shirt over his head. He kind of gets caught in that, and that's where it was too much effort for his current state, and he passed out. Yeah, it's like, oh, it got really dark. I'm tired. Nah. <laughs> yeah. But this scene is always one of ranked like one of the best horror openings of all time, too. Oh, yeah, well, because this is, um, it's set at, like, super late at night, or, like, it's, like, almost starting, I would guess, to, like, become daylight a little bit. But it's just that murkiness where then she goes swimming out, and then she gets bumped a couple times, I think, right? I'm assuming she's bumped and not bit, because she's not super... She's scared, but she doesn't seem in pain at the beginning, where I imagine if she was bit right at the beginning, she would be in extreme pain. Yeah, so yeah, it's like almost she got bumped by it a couple times, and you're it's middle of the night, you have a buzz going on, and you're in the ocean, and something just bumped your foot, you're like... Oh, fuck. I just sobered up immediately. <laughs> Dude, I go into the ocean when I go to the beach. I don't swim out to the buoys, like, that no. far deep. Well, the one time, because we used to take vacations to the beach all the time when I was little. And my dad, uh, me and dad were swimming in the water. And mom would never go in the water at all. She'd go up to her ankles for a minute and then go back to the beach. Well, dad starts swimming us, like, way out there. Like, you know where there's, like, a big gap and then there's that sandbar yeah it kind of drops yeah yeah he swam us out to the sandbar and the entire time he's telling me don't turn around don't look at mom because i'm like look there's mom because mom's at the edge of the beach waving us in going like you assholes get back here and dad's like no don't turn around just keep looking this way 
<laughs> but like, so I'm thinking it bumps her and I doubt because it's not like they paid much attention to too much science, but they do have sensors like right around their nose and everything that they use for feeling and stuff. Yeah. So that would make sense shark wise to why I'd be bumping her. Right. And then it does that like where it grabs her and just drags her across the ocean, like the surface, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and she's just screaming the whole time. I love that scene. Yeah, and then she goes down, doesn't come back up, sun comes up, that's it. Right, yeah, and the uh, drunk, like, boyfriend or whatever guy she was going to hook up with wakes up on the beach alone, and he's like, and well, and then he looks out the water, and of course there's nothing, and if you're him, you're going to think, oh, she just left. But her clothes are still there. Well, she's a free spirit. I'm glad they did that, not even like, oh, because she's naked. No, not like that, because that explains the plot, the plot hole of why he would have turned it in. Right. So, yeah, he turns it in, and then we're introduced to Brody for the first time. Yeah, Brody, who um was, he's a, he was a New York City cop who's now transferred to um the beach. I forget, Amityville, right? Not Amityville. <laughs> That's another thing. It's, it's Amity, isn't it? Amity, yeah. The island of Amity or so. I forget. Is it uh, in New Jersey, I think? Makes sense with New York going to New Jersey, so probably. I think, I'm thinking New Jersey. But um, yeah, he's basically, it's funny because this whole movie, it's almost like the thing of, I'm getting too old for this shit. Of like, he thought he was going to retire to this small town that hasn't had a murder in 30 years. But the year he goes there, there's this fucking rogue shark, of course. <laughs> in his defense, you're not prepared for shark. <laughs> You're prepared for human crimes. Right. You're not prepared for giant monster from the depths eating people. He's like, I'm the sheriff. What the fuck do you want me to do? Go arrest it? Go go yeah. issue a warrant? Being like, I could go to its cave and be like, come out here. <laughs> he goes out to the beach after the report and everything. And he finds a washed up hand with little crabs all around it. Which yeah. Anything like that, uh, hereditary is another example where you find body parts and there's stuff all over, adds like that extra level to oh fuck to it. Well, because it makes it more real because that's what would happen. The little crabs would be like, awesome, free breakfast, and go after it. Or like the ants and hereditary would eat the head you know yeah but yeah so that's all going on they find her washed up hand and he's back at the station where do we keep the beach clothes signs now i'll say this part i'm not i'm in the same boat of why are we closing the beach already now this seems more like it would be warning shark in area moment at this point well, i don't think they can just go warning there might be a shark i think it's either it's opened or it's closed because if you go oh there might be a shark in the area you might as well put up beach clothes signs well no then you give the people the choice look if you want to you don't kill your entire economy for it but you let them know swim at your own risk there are sharks that's what a lot of beaches do if there's been one recently oh, they won't okay. just close down the beach because sharks don't Especially great whites, they will typically just swim on. They never actually stop moving. Right. So a lot of times they won't just hang out in the same area. Well, I, it also could be because this is Brody's first year at the beach. He doesn't really know how it works yet, probably. And that's where it's even like we don't have beach clothes signs, so they have to go to the hardware store to get stuff to make them. <laughs> yeah. And Boy Scouts, he finds out in the water doing their mile swim right at this moment after the shark attack. Yeah. Which could have been a much more brutal scene than just saying, come on, boys, get out of the water. Yeah, it could have been. Oh, just immediately, like, Jaws just, like, swims by, opens its mouth, takes all of the boys. 
at once. Just leaves his mouth open, swims in a single file line. Yeah. And it, it, even, like, it, every boy's like, what's going on? Whoop! And then it's gone. It's like the guy that got <laughs> swallowed by the whale. <laughs> um, he's on the ferry going to tell the Boy Scouts and close down the beach. And then the mayor shows up and he's like, what do you think you're doing? This, this is the scummiest mayor on earth. Yeah, I, but he has amazing hair and I love his jacket. I was going to compliment the man's jackets with little anchors and things. Always beach-themed jackets. Yeah, always be on brand. Yes, and he has the coroner with him, who the coroner earlier said most likely caused a death shark attack. He's clearly paid off the coroner to say most likely a boating accident. Yeah, well, he, uh, yeah, because the coroner puts shark attack at first, right? And then, or no, he advises Brody that's a shark attack. Then later on, he's like, well, I changed my mind because I got paid. (laughs) Exactly. So they don't shut the beach down, that whole thing. And... The next day, it's just a full beach, like, and Brody's there, everyone's there. You guys have seen the movie, you know. But what I want to talk about is how good this movie is at setting up tension, because it follows, I'd say, maybe six specific people during this scene. Not real characters, that's just random people. There's a dog, there's a lady floating, there's the kid going out, there's a few others, and the it will get real quiet and the camera will just focus on them for a little bit. You'll have a little bit of like water shot in and everything. So it's genius because yeah, it's just people at a beach, but it makes it terrifying because it makes, it lines it up like, Oh, this one's about to die. No, this one's about to die. I think that's like genius the way they film this part. Oh yeah. And it keeps cutting back to Brody. I love too. Cause he's completely on edge. Cause like he's the new sheriff. So all these people are coming up to him and like lad handing him. And he just keeps, like, staring at the water. He keeps, like, peering around the person that's talking to him because he'll, like, is that a scream or is that a laugh? Like, what is that? And then there's be splashing, so he's looking at that. Okay, no, they're just playing. Like, you know. Dude, I hate being a beach lifeguard because you yell and you make noise there. That had to, that would have to be the most stressful thing, like, to have to, like, discern what's a scared scream, what's a happy scream. Right. Yeah, it's like, what's a good splash and what's a bad splash? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck is this weird exposition, though, with this one old dude who comes up with a little swimming cap on, sits in front of Brody, he's like, Oh, we know all about you, Chief. You don't go in the water. Why is that town gossip that a guy doesn't go in the water? Yeah, immediately. And, like, who, I guess Brody probably is like, oh, yeah, I just don't go in the water. Like, he probably passively said it, but it's such, like, a weird, like, tight-knit group of like people in this community that like word got around and now they're thinking less of him because he doesn't want to go into the ocean yeah but if you're gonna spread a rumor even be it a true rumor about someone like oh i have some juicy gossip chief brody doesn't like going into the beach why is that like the big like oh sensational news to spread around town who gives a fuck it's like stoop the stoop kid won't go to the stoop that's like someone walking around like if I go meet someone, oh, we know all about you, Greg. You don't like onions. I'm like, why does that fucking matter? You're it's like personal choice. Number one, yes. Number two, why do you know this? Why do you exactly? Know this? That's the same type of reaction. It's like, this is an onion town. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. But like I said, they're setting this shot up perfectly, and then you do get the point of view shot, and they never. The point of view shot is sacred in this movie, Brett, because they never do a point of view shot if the shark isn't actually there. 
Yeah, not one of the, like, trick ones that, like, the 80s slasher movies love to do of, like, the jump scare type thing of, like, oh, no, it's the killer. Oh, no, it's a cat, you know? Yeah. Well, no, but, like, it's never just the camera's just underwater. You know what I mean? Oh, right. A point of view shot in this is always actually someone's view. Like, it never just fakes you out with it. You're right. It's never just a shot. It's If it's the point of view, yeah, something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. And we do get that point of view shot again. And the one kid who went out on the raft, he sees the fins and everyone's running up and everything. And this is another cool shot, how we were talking about that Lagoon one earlier. Because you just see the fins kind of like grab and spin and everything when he right. gets this kid. And you get to see, like, I think there, there's the main big fin, then there's like the tail fin. And you can yeah. see how the distance between those two. So you're already starting to get a little bit of an idea of like, yeah, this thing's fucking huge. A shark is scary enough. This is a giant. Yeah. The uh, boy is Alex Kittner, played by, guess the name. Alex Kittner? No, Jeffrey Voorhees. Oh, cool. Yeah, very nice. What a cool it's last Jason's name to brother. have. The, the Voorhees family needs to stay away from the fucking water. Yeah, and naming their kids Jay, because nothing ends up good for them. No. So, and then you get that, like, haunting shot of, like, the chewed-up raft washing up on shore with all the blood and everything. Yeah, and is, uh, isn't um, his mom, Miss Kittner, like, at the water screaming for him and whatnot? And it's like, it's really oh, sad. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't even, it's a, it's a depressing scene right there for a moment. Well, and then later on when she shows up again, it's a, once again like, oh yeah, this is just depressing and she's just sad. <laughs> yeah, I just want to watch the sharks eat people. Don't like yeah. try to put real human emotion in it. I want to I wanna see Quint drunk and singing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't know about you, chief. <laughs> I, I can never fucking understand what Quint's saying. I, I can but I cannot have a single distraction around me. I don't mean no. I can't be looking at my phone or something, because that's a big distraction. I can't even have my dog walking past. like when, Or like the slightest bit of thing that my brain notices. If that happens, I can't understand a fucking thing Quint's saying. Because the, every word he says melts into the next word. He talks like this, Chief. Remember, we're going to record a podcast and we're at 11 a.m. And then, you know, like, well, you know why? Robert Shaw was wasted the entire shoot. Because he's like, if I'm being forced to go shoot this in the ocean, because, again, Steven Spielberg, super young, fresh director, no one knows who's, who the fuck he is. All these guys are seasoned actors. They're like, yeah. why the fuck is this kid making us go on the ocean to shoot this movie? Most of the actors were kind of pissed about it because they're like, this is a waste of time making things more difficult. Like, I don't care about the scope of your movie filming on a pool like everyone else does. Yeah, and he and but Spielberg had the grand idea like he always does. He's like, no, we need to see the horizon. And Robert Shaw's like, fine, but I'm gonna uh, method act the fuck out of this. Quint's a drunk. I'm gonna be twice the drunk Quint can be. <laughs> the only word I can understand Quint every time is hoopa. Yeah, hoopa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the the kids there. You have this like. I don't know what it is. It was never officially titled, but I guess it'd be like a city council meeting. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, it's something like that, where it's like, yeah, like uh, the big wigs of the town getting together. And a bunch of other people watching. Right. Brody says the beach is closed, and then the mayor cuts him only for 24 hours, though. Yeah, because everyone starts being like, what? Oh, and then he's like, only for 24 hours. And then Quint's like, not Quint, sorry. Brody's like, I didn't agree to that. Here's my favorite part of the scene, though. If you notice when they everyone's first walking into this room, there's that chalkboard in the back. Yeah. 
There's no shark on the chalkboard at that time. Okay. So at some point, Quint sneakily walks in while this meeting and chaos is going on and draws a crude kindergartner-level drawing of a shark, then runs his fingernails down the chalkboard so everyone can see his artwork. Yeah, well, and with a stick figure in the shark's mouth. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it's a goof or not, but if, when they walk in, you don't see that shark on the chalkboard. No. So Quint, so Quint was back there drawing. I know how I'll scare him. Look, scary shark. <laughs> Grr. Our introduction to Quint is like, you know me, you know what I do. Want ten thousand dollars to kill the shark. Yeah, basically that's it. And uh, well, yeah, he says that, and then what does he? Uh, he kind of nods to a couple people, and he's like, Chief. And uh, the mayor's like, Yeah, we'll take it under consideration. You get the feeling of Quint, the character. He gives no fucks about anyone else. He is not buying into anyone's little pomp and circumstance like, pompous bullshit, like, oh, I'm in charge here, he knows the real deal. Yeah, and he also is like, none of this affects me, because he's just, like, a fisherman, so he's still gonna go out there no matter what. He's like, if you want me to save your, uh, summer, so we can still, like, live throughout the winter, because this is, like, all they really have for this town, is, like, the summer months to make all their money. He's like, I know how much you're gonna lose, $10,000 is, like, nothing. Come on. Also, besides that ten grand, he wants to... The mom of that boy, you say Kintner? Yes. Uh, she put out a $1,500 reward, I think, for the death of the shark that killed her son. Right. I just gotta say, it doesn't have a license with it. It's not like, ID, please. Oh, you killed one boy in the past week. Like, any shark could be that shark. Yeah, but like, they, I would almost say, like, they uh, say later of, like, the shark digests very slowly. So, of course, they're gonna want to cut it open and see... If it's in there. Yeah, you're right. Um, back at but, Birdie's house that night, there's a really cool bit of foreshadowing. Did you catch that? Uh, no. Real quick, I want to mention, um, because he never has a line, I don't think, but I love uh, Quint's little, like, henchman in the uh, orange hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dirty little henchman that he looks like he's, like, like five foot tall, and he's just always, like, around Quint and follows him around. Like, it's like Quint's Igor. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a little shmee. Like yeah. A little dude that follows him. But we get this cool foreshadowing back at Brody's house because they're yelling because his son, it's his birthday and he got a boat and he's sitting on it. Brody doesn't, you know, all that stuff. Brody doesn't want him on it even just sitting on the boat. But Brody's flipping through this book about sharks and like learning some stuff. And there's this illustration of these guys on a boat and a shark biting the back of the boat off and going after the guys in the book. Yes. So I, I like that little hint at what's to come in there. Oh, there's that, and there's also a picture of a shark with, like, an air tank in its mouth. Oh, was there? I didn't even catch yeah. that part. Yeah, there is. Well, is, isn't that when, um, at what point is, because Mom is basically like, it's his birthday present, let your son play in his boat, and Brody hands Mom the book, and Mom looks at it, and it's like, this vicious picture of like a shark attack and he's like and she's like get the fuck out of that boat and get up here right now like that was, that was the picture i was talking about with it eating the boat yeah <laughs> she's like no boat's not safe yeah boat not safe no especially the the size of this shark it could swallow the boat oh yeah well they don't know that yet really they're not sure yet but this is where um we have those fishermen they don't care that the beaches are closed they're out on the dock fishing i think this seems awesome i love this one this is like the most like heart-pounding scene in the movie for me. 
Oh, is this when the, it's the uh, two fishermen trying to catch the shark with the uh, holiday ham or whatever? I don't even know if they're going after the shark. Were they? Or were they just fishing? No, I think they're no because they're. Um, oh no, it's a holiday roast because uh, the one guy mentions like this is my wife's holiday roast. We better uh, catch this thing or something like that. And they're like, oh, with uh, ten grand, we can buy a lot of holiday roasts. Uh, okay, yeah, they're out there fishing for the shark, and it pulls down the pier they're on, and the one gets knocked in the water, and it like the shark catches the pier kind of is wrapped around it. So you never see Bruce. Those who don't know the. Sh- Shark never in movie or anything was typically referred to as Bruce, if you hear me and Brett say that. Right. Yeah, it was just referred to on set as Bruce. <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of grew when everyone talks says that about it. Yeah. But it somehow caught the piece of, like, dock that landed in the water. So you never see the shark, but you see the dock moving, and the dock's obviously being drugged behind it. So as that's getting close, you know the shark's really close to you. Like, it's... Yeah. That's one of the best tension building scenes in this movie if you ask me oh yeah and like you said it's another creepy thing of like you don't even it's not even like you're seeing the fin you just know this dock is hooked to this shark and the dock is and it's like nighttime and whatnot so it's like shadowy and stuff it's creepy as fuck yeah it's cool i'm surprised they didn't give him the kill here it seems like a because they still have a witness to report it the guy who's still on the dock i you know just typical horror movie making you think this guy gets killed Right, it's about time again. We just saw a child die, but that's been like 10 minutes ago. Come on. We saw a girl in the opening and a kid so far. Come on now, bloodthirst. Yeah, we have bloodlust. Come on. (laughs) But they make it up and the story spreads. So, you know, everyone's ready to kill a shark. And the next morning, all of the fishermen are loading up to go kill a shark. They're getting dynamite, guns, chum, everything ready on the docks and... Uh, not Hooper. Brody's trying to control the craziness, and then we're introduced to our third member of the trifecta, Hooper, shows up. Right. Yeah, because it's basically only Brody and his deputy, because the deputy's like, when are we getting that extra help? And he's like, not until the fourth. It's like the second or something right now. So it's just these two guys versus like thousands and thousands of fishermen who are doing the dumbest shit. Like you said, they're carrying around dynamite. Now, I love Brody's like, what are you doing with that? No, give that to me. No, you're not having this. Like, bad. What's wrong with you? <laughs> How I mean, many guys did you get on that boat? There's like 15 guys on a dinghy. Yeah, and at this point, Hooper is falling a Brody around. So yeah, he's like, how many people are you putting on that boat? It's like this tiny little boat. Like you said, they're putting like 15 people on it. It's going to sink even before you get the shark. And I love, he's like, uh, he's like, Hooper, uh, I have something to take care of. Get those guys off that boat. And he's like, um, excuse me, fellas. Uh, the sheriff asked me to ask you to not go on the boat. And they all go, fuck off. It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, city boy. Yeah. It's like, uh, they're all going to die. <laughs> I like Hooper a lot. <laughs> this is like dumb. I hate everything sarcasm at times. I really enjoy, especially the Hooper versus Quint stuff later. It's so funny. Oh yeah, we find out Hooper's the guy from the Oceanographic. Did I say that right? Institute Oceanographic. Oceanographic. I don't know yeah, something like that. Shark person. Yeah. So they take him to. Um, Brody takes Hooper to examine the remains of the first victim, the girl that they found, like, the hand and stuff, and I guess a few other pieces, and he's like, this is no boat accident, and he figures out it's a great white by the bite and everything like that, and he takes bite radiuses, and I don't know, but yeah, I guess legit things you can take, but sciencey stuff. Right, yeah, very sciencey things that are very smart for smart people. Yeah. 
back at the dock after all the fishermen go out on their suicide mission. They come back and they caught a shark, and of course they all assume it's the killer shark, and it's not. Hooper explains it's a tiger shark, but he wants it cut open to be sure. And this is that uh, sad scene where the boy's mother shows up, like you said. It almost, look, it's a very serious scene, but she's almost comically mourning, like the yeah. full on black outfit, veil and everything. Well, you have to think also, though, this is back in like the mid 70s, and she's already looks like she's, I mean, she's not super old, but she's older. So she probably grew up in like the 50s and stuff, 40s, 50s. And that's what they did back then. But like you said, it's right in, like through like today's lens. It's so like weird where it's like it's like a wedding dress looking thing, but it's like all black. Yeah, you know, the typical old school morning outfit. Yeah. But whatever. This, like I get wearing like, it at the funeral, whatever, but like right. all the time is strange. It was like, is this just what you're going to wear from now on, like forever? <laughs> you're supposed there's like old weird traditions like you're supposed to for so long and yeah. all this. I don't know. This is where we get our Amityville Horror possible tie-in. Oh, go on. If you look in the background whenever, like, uh, Mrs. Kettner's talking to Brody, you can see a house that looks a lot like the Amityville Horror House in the background, and for years people were like, oh my god, it's the Amityville Horror House, it's in Amity, you know. But, oh, of course cool. it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's still a neat little fun thing. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, if you look in the background for a split second, you see, like, it's those cat-eye windows, you see that. Yeah. Uh, she slaps Brody because he knew there was another victim before her son. And the mayor's like, you didn't deserve that. I was like, yes, I did. I'd be punching the mayor out for it, but whatever. Yeah, I'd be like, I deserve it for going along with your bullshit, and but you deserve it twice as much as I do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is one of those scenes that I don't quite get in the movie, but I still enjoy it because they're at dinner at... Uh, Brody's house and his youngest son is just there imitating everything he does. Well, I look at that as like a little boy and his dad type of thing. Like, I definitely remember before, like, my dad would be working on a car and I'd be super little and I'd be like pretending to help, but I have like a like, like a screwdriver and I'm just like poking at something, you know, like. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like, look, this kid's looking up to you. He's going to follow your example. So that's why he's got to do the right thing and all that. Right. That's what I think he's getting at. But who knows? And Hooper just shows up at Brody's house. How he got the house, I don't know. Then I remember this is that weird time that when we grew up even was still a thing that now I cannot fathom where people will just show up at your house. If I show up to your house, Greg, we know that it's going to happen a week beforehand. And then usually we talk like, the day before and then that morning again and then even when i get there i'll text you and be like i'm here like <laughs> it doesn't even have to be that but like if you're in my area say hey you do anything i'll stop up okay you don't just show up and no. uh, the only thing you need to make this okay is i brought a bottle of wine i now have access to your home yeah but yeah this it's a very old school thing where like what i was saying is like nowadays you know way beforehand because if somebody knocks at my door just randomly I do not answer the door. I just think a stranger's like, is Tamara home when I open the yeah. door? So no, I do not. It's either that or it's going to be like someone trying to sell me something or it's going to be like a religious group walking around trying to get me like <laughs> trying to get me You're like, no, leave me in here. I'm watching horror movies. <laughs> <Man. Like, laughs> but uh, he talks about how that's not the shark and everything. And they go and they find the shark and they cut it open. And they find a license plate. I don't remember what state it was from. It was from somewhere much southern compared right. to where they were. 
Oh, well, I also love where, um, well, he's, uh, real quick, like, because Quint goes into the house, Brody hasn't eaten dinner, because, well, because Quint's, uh, fuck, I'm so sorry, Hooper, Hooper goes into the house, and was like, I need to talk to Brody, and his wife's basically like, I would love to talk to him as well, because I guess he's not talking right now, and, like, you see where, like, he hasn't eaten any of his dinner and just pushed it aside, like, as soon as, like, uh, Hooper puts the wine down, he immediately fills, like, an entire glass full of wine, <laughs> And then Hooper goes, is anybody eating this? And Miss, Mrs. Brody is like, no. And Hooper then just starts eating Brody's food. <laughs> I love it. I I think it's great. I'm guessing, like, I love how it's almost like that thing of, like, I've been so busy all day today, I haven't gotten to eat. I have a split second. I have to shove this entire chicken breast in my mouth. <laughs> and he's in the sun all day. You know how that gets. You get real hungry at the end of it and everything. And, and they're in the sun all day wearing, like, Pants like full pants and like a jacket and shit. How what's wrong with these people? I don't they're clearly filming in a colder month so they have access to the beach. Yeah. They go they're like that's not the shark. They found the license plate that means that's not our shark. That came up from the south and there's no little boy parts in it. Um, yeah. So they go out on a boat that night with radar to try to find the shark and stuff, I guess. Well at this point they're both well, I was gonna say Brody's very drunk. Hooper has a buzz going on, I would say. And there at this point, Hooper, uh, Brody is almost annihilated because he just has the bottle of wine in his hand. And he's on a boat, which he's said before, like, I don't want to go on a boat. Yeah, but they go. And, well, they come across another boat that clearly has, like, a bite taken out of it and everything. And Brody recognizes the boat. It's one of the guys we saw earlier. So I will say this, Brit, this got counted as a kill since we saw the guy live. Yes. Hooper jumps in the water to, like, examine the boat, which, terrible idea motherfucking terrible idea oh yeah especially at nighttime because i don't know a whole ton about sharks but i know that they like to hunt at night <laughs> but then again they do have the radar going so i guess it's they probably know it's pretty safe but then they were also like uh there's something big here on the radar and then he's like it might just be a school of mackerel guessing the shark is out there you know like <laughs> well it was clearly at least there a little bit ago yeah but they jump in and he finds the tooth in a boat in another part that was chewed on hooper and it's a great white tooth. He pulls it out. But then a head with a missing eye kind of rolls out of the hole in the boat at him. And he rightfully so gets terrified, drops the tooth and gets back up. Why is there just a head? I'm assuming like the shark just ate the body and didn't want the head. I guess so. And like it's just right there by the and it doesn't even like, yeah, it's just right there by the hole, I guess. Yeah, it's just floating around and it just randomly pops out. It's like one of those weird things of like. In Friday the 13th franchise, when the, someone will randomly run by a tree and for no reason a dead body will go swinging. It's that kind yeah. of thing. The next day, they go and they tell the mayor about it, that it was a great white, and the mayor doesn't believe them without the tooth as evidence. Well, yeah, because Hooper should not have even brought up the tooth, because he's like, I had a tooth, but I dropped it. Yeah, you should have said, I can just tell by the bite marks. That's a great yeah. white. And there's another body. There's another one, by the way. So that should be enough there. Yeah, and it's like, and the mayor is basically like, oh, maybe the boat attacked him. Like, you know. <laughs> and then we cut to this montage of all the crowds arriving for the 4th of July, and Hooper and Brody trying to hire help or get people to volunteer to watch. And they actually do get some. Like, there's some people out on patrol on boats and stuff. Actually, a good fair amount, to be honest. 
Yeah, and like it actually looks also like, well, at this point, it's the 4th of July, so I'm guessing he has that backup he was talking about. Because it actually looks like a lot of official people, you know? Yeah. So Brody's on the beach watching everything, and Hooper is out on a boat with a bunch of the other, like, patrols, and they're chumming. I don't know why they're chumming. That's That seems like a terrible idea. Well, I think it's almost like we know it's out here, but if we get it to, like, where... Because they're, like, way... Um, offshore, not like super uh, offshore, but a good. So, but let's ways. keep it back here. So, like, let's at least try to get it to us, and then we can take care of it and get everyone out of the water before it gets to them. Okay, that makes more sense now. So, Brody has his son and his son's friends go play in the shallow pond, like the pond instead, which is still attached to the ocean, but like wet, not as deep, safer things like that, because he's still worried about the shark. And they take his son's birthday present boat over there instead. Which we kind of touched on that already. Come on, Dad. The pond's for old ladies. Come on. We'll do it for the old man. <laughs> I love the shark false alarm where people see the <laughs> shark fin and rightfully so freak out. Yeah. They're terrified. People are rushing the shore, everything like that. Like People are getting trampled on and shit. And Hooper and his crew, their boats drive up to the shark. They have guns pulled on it. And it's two kids in, like, with the little <laughs> shark fin hats. And yeah. they come out of the water, like, oh shit. I love the one that just goes, it was his idea. He made me do it. Immediately, without skipping a single beat. Like, he's like, he made me do it. He did it. It's like, you're both in trouble. Like, <laughs> And you know what? At least that kid's young when he found that out. Because that's not a kid that you want hanging around you when you're a teenager and you're doing worse stuff. Oh, fuck no. It's like, okay, you got caught smoking pot. And it's like, he made me do it. Here's uh-huh. his number to call his mom. <laughs> that's who I bought it from, officer. Yeah. But I was, this is also, like, right before all this, the mayor's walking around and is like, for some reason he's pissed off because no one's going into the water. But I don't know why he cares because he got them there. You know? Why does he care if they swim or not? They, there's all these people there. They're going to spend money. But he goes over to, like, his buddy and is like, you and your family go swim in the water right now. And it's, like, almost threatening about it. So it's really, like, it's really creepy when you see the scene of, like, this these two parents with their two kids leading them to the ocean basically it looks like they're marching to their death oh and they look terrified while they're doing it too oh yeah because you see him go swimming out on the raft and the parents are just scanning like wide-eyed the entire time <laughs> yeah like it doesn't look like they're like oh fine whatever i just don't want to get in the water no they look scared and the mayor's like go in there with the shark yeah or else and then at this point now that people see um, that they went in the water, everyone else goes in the water. But they're not in there for long because, like you said, there was a little boy fins and that scared everyone out. And like you said, people got trampled and shit. Oh, yeah. And like false alarm. But right when that's going on, this girl's by the pond and she starts screaming shark. But then it's not getting nearly as much of the attention because right. everyone's like, oh, it's another prankster. But Brody goes running. Oh, by the way. I love the camera shot when the false alarm shark first pops up, though, and someone yells shark. That camera that, like, zooms on his face and the background gets all weird and everything. Yeah, just like the... It's a complete... It, it captures the horror that you would think would be on Brody's face, of like, immediately. You know, when you have something, like, terrible news or you see something like, oh, fuck, and, like, it's like your vision cuts off your peripheral almost, and you are zoned in on whatever, like... That's what that camera like conveyed. It was so cool. Like, it yeah. was really well done. 
Oh, I completely agree. Like, I'm a sucker for camera shots, and that's one of my favorites. Yeah, it was awesome. But so they go running over to the pond, and the real shark is over there. And we talked about it already, so we really won't too much. But, yeah, that's the scariest shot in it, if you ask me, is that where you see the shark, but it's not out of the water, cartoonish kind of. And it just takes that guy. It's terrifying. He takes the guy so quickly, the guy doesn't even get to scream. So it's just like, he's gone. Yeah, which makes it even scarier. Uh, the kids are back on the water, and Brody's son is in shock, like, legitimately in shock, like, medically. Right, yeah, like, he's catatonic, like, he's not moving. Yeah. Um, back at the hospital, Brody's talking to the mayor, who also looks like he's in shock, and he basically forces him to hire Quint to kill the shark. Yeah, because the mayor is like, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean for this to happen, and then, like, Brody's going on and on, then the mayor's like, my children were on that beach, too. And he's being all, like, sad and whatnot. And he's like, well, then that made, should have made you care a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, this is when Bro- Brody's basically looking at the mayor being like, we're going to hire Quint. We're going to hire, remember that guy, Quint? We're going to hire him right now. You're going to sign this. <laughs> and he does. And then we get our whole, like, Quint getting ready and everything. And Brody's going with him. And you see Quint getting ready. He's like, here's the swimming with bow-legged women, chiefy. And this is the first time that we get Quint singing where he's like walking away and he's like, a farewell and I do and a fair Spanish lady. Oh, and I do and a lady of Spain. Is this a real song like otherwise or is this a song they made up for Quint? Well, do you remember in Slapshot when the organist is playing the organ and the the coach runs up there and he rips up the organ music and he's like never play lady of spain again oh is that what it is I, it might be the same song because whenever this time watching it and i'm like lady of spain where do i know that from fucking slap shot <laughs> you know i'm looking it up now because i'm curious yeah but i also love um quince like kind of ocean hut where it's just surrounded by all these it's like all these shark jaws and he's like boiling new ones um because at this point, Brody's shown up. I don't know if Hooper's shown up yet or not. Well, yeah, I think he has, because uh, Quint offers them both shots, and Quint immediately downs the shot. Brody sniffs it, and is like, oh, God, because it must be, like, super fucking strong. And then he looks at Hooper, and he's like, don't take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brett, Spanish Ladies is an old sailor song. Oh, okay, so it's a different song. No, I mean, but it's these lyrics. Oh, okay. This is it. So oh, it nice. makes perfect sense now. It's a sailor song. Quint's oh, well, kind that of a makes sailor, complete so. sense with, yeah, Quint. Yeah, oh, we learned something today. See? We said yeah. they wouldn't learn, we wouldn't say anything about Jaws that people didn't know. That might count. You're throbbing with knowledge. Exactly. Now that, now your brain's throbbing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not like yeah, mine Hooper... today, because I have a hangover for a different reason. <laughs> Hooper kind of has to fight his way onto this boat. Like, Quint's putting him through the ringer and, like, challenging him, like, every step of the way. Well, yeah, because, um, the, it isn't, is it th- at this point that he tells him to tie, like, a specific kind of knot that I guess sailors use? Yeah. And he's like, you, uh, Hooper's like, you didn't tell me how short you wanted it. <laughs> I took that as Hooper kind of showing off, like, I can do any length you want, you bastard. Right. And then he, uh-huh. like, throws it at Quint, and Quint, like, catches it, like, right in front of his face, and he's super pissed off. Like, everything Robert Shaw does in this movie is perfect. 
<laughs> See, it's funny because I love Quint and Hooper, and I love both sides of them. Because, like, Hooper's brought on all this tech that could be really ha handy, like, basically, like, electric cattle prods, like, needles that you can inject the shark with, like, the diving cage, stuff like that, where... Quint just has his harpoon gun and a bunch of barrels and the orca, which, by the way, the orca is a fucking awesome boat, and I love it. It's an amazing, iconic boat, but if you're looking at it from, like, not Jaws lenses, it's a shitty fucking boat. If It's a, it's like the thing of the Millennium Falcon. It's like, what a hunk of junk, you know? It's like, I was just about to make that example. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. But it's also, for the movie... I love that it's a fucking piece of shit boat, because if it was a nice, clean boat, I'd be like, okay, what? It, this doesn't look like what Quint would have. Quint would have the old run-down boat that barely works, and it's like 50 different colors. <laughs> but he can get it to work, because he's Quint. Yeah, it's almost like um Biff and Back to the Future. He's like, I'm the only one that can start my car. Who are you, old man? <laughs> but... It's so funny because they're so polar opposites, like how Hooper's bringing the tech, Quint just has his old bare essentials. It's like putting, like, a millennial and a boomer on a road trip together, tr yeah. trying to get to the same place. And the old guy has his, like, old Atlas book of maps out, like, flipping through. And the young guy has his GPS, but, like, the old guy knows a shortcut that's not showing up on the GPS. Like, don't listen to that computer, but then they make a wrong turn and they're arguing about which way is better. That's the whole dynamic between Quint and Hooper, and I love it. Yeah, it's so great. It's almost like, yeah, Quint's bringing along cassette tapes, and Hooper has, like, his iPod that's streaming music, but then, like, halfway through, you lose signal, so the cassette tapes actually come in handy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I, just, I like them the whole time. Yeah. Um, right before they leave, I like the Brody to his wife, where she's like, what do I tell the kids? Tell them I'm going fishing. Should have yeah. been, been a tagline, but whatever. Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Like, you know, on the, like I said, this was more of our standard movie that we talk about. You know, on the back, it'd be, tell them I'm going fishing and showing the shark jump out of the water. Yeah, the shark's eating the words, like. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is about when they're pulling out, right? And yeah. doing like this old sailor shanty kind of thing. Like, I don't remember it, but it's like, I knew this girl, Deborah Lee, she died at the age of 103 and something about she lost her virginity. It's like, it's really funny. <laughs> You know, just typical dirty old man sayings and yeah. stuff. I love when, like, it's still that day. Quint's basically making everyone else do all the work while he drinks and sits and waits for a bite on the bowl. Um, but he gets a bite, and there's this really cool, slow, dramatic, gearing up montage, kind of. Not montage, but moment. Like, with him putting the vest on, like, with the hooks and everything putting the pole into the holster thing like is it i'm not a fisherman if you couldn't tell by me not getting any of those terms right <laughs> but you get what i'm saying like yeah, it's exactly this really cool dramatic build-up part and at this point quint's almost keeping brody busy by like trying to make him like tie knots which i almost see it as like brody's kind of being annoying so let's kind of occupy him over here so brody's completely like focused on tying this knot while Quinn is like, yeah, he's not quietly doing it, but he's like, no one's noticing that he's starting to get a hit on the line. Yeah. Until Brody goes, hey, I got it. And then the shark takes off and Brody's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he's been he's just been completely non paying attention this whole time. But that's what Quint wanted. It gets away here and 
that's pretty much the end of that. For some reason, the scene when Quint's like, wet the reel, and he's having Brody wet the reel, I was always thought that was cool for some reason, because I guess it's cool. <laughs> the line's going so fast that it's like heating up. Yeah, it's it's a metal line, so yeah. I yeah thought it's that piano was cool wire, he says later. I mean, maybe that's standard, and me and you just aren't with it, but I, thought, I think it's cool, yeah. But uh, actually, I think it's um here that we... Is it here when we learn it's piano wire? Because uh, Hooper comes down and he's like, it could be, it's probably a tuna or like some kind of game fish, but it's definitely not a shark. And is that when the line snaps and Quint's like, oh, game fish, bu- bu- game fish bit through the piano wire? <laughs> that might have been it. I'm not sure. It's one of the... I think it's this time when it does, because this is about when Hooper is almost... He doesn't, it kind of shuts him up for a minute, and then it's also like, okay, Quint kind of knows more than I'm giving him credit for. Yeah. Um, later, Brody's chumming the water, and we get the whole, <laughs> Bruce pops out of the water right behind him in my favorite, like, moment of the movie, like, quick shot, it's that right there. Well, is this when, um, is this when Brody's, like, playing, like, solitaire on the deck? And uh, Quint's up in, like, the crow's nest, which is an awesome shot because you just see his shadow up there, and he's, like, barking orders. He's like, Chief, uh, start chumming the water again. And he's like, Chief's like, why can't Hooper chum the water? He's like, Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Yeah, and, uh, that's exactly what's going on. Like, like, Quint's just making everyone else do everything. And uh, so uh, Hooper goes up, and Quint's, like, uh, slowing ahead. And Quint's like, uh, um, so Brody's like um, chumming the water at this point, which is stinky because it's just fish guts and blood. And he's like, huh, slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Why don't you come down here and go slow ahead down here? And then that's when the he's kind of turned around and he turns back and he's basically throws an entire thing of chum onto the shark because its mouth is out of the water at him at this point. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's my favorite like and, quick shot of the movie. And then we get our... Yeah, it's an amazing scene of, like, Quint's eye. Uh, sorry, Brody's eyes get huge, and he stands up, and he just slowly backs into, like, the, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, inside of the boat part? Uh, the cabin? cabin. He, like, backs into the cabin, and uh, Quint's there, and he's like, we're going to need a bigger boat. It's the fucking yeah, line. Yeah, there it is. The line of lines, and, like, I mean, probably... Would you say top five or at least top ten most recognizable like lines in a movie? Oh, for sure. I, I don't know if I could go top five because I'd have to actually sit and think about it on a right. spur of the moment. But it's definitely top ten. Top ten, 100%. If you say we're going to need a bigger boat, even like a seven-year-old today would probably kind of know the reference or like know of the reference, you know. Not that it's going to be like, oh, that's from Jaws and that's who uh, Brody says that. But they would probably be aware of it. Yeah. And then we get uh, Quint harpooning it and attaching the barrel. I, I guess this is the way you actually do it. Like you harpoon it with a barrel and then eventually it'll get wear out from pulling the barrel down. It'll bring it up to the surface. But the shark just pulls the barrel right under. Yeah, the first one, yeah, it pulls it right under. It's also nice, I think, too. I think it's a thing of like to be able to track it. So once it is kind of near the surface, you can be like, oh, it's over there. And it's nighttime, they're all inside the boat, and this is our whole nice bonding scene of scar comparisons oh. and stories and things like that, and singing and drinking, you know, that whole scene. This is my favorite scene of the entire movie, where, like, yeah, they're going over their scars, where, like, uh, well, it's Hooper and Quint going over their scars, because yeah. Hooper's like, uh, 
oh, I got this one from, or like one of them's like, I got this one from a thresher um, tail that hit me. Um, this is where I got like bit by this. Um, this is where I got smacked by that. And I love if you see Brody in the background, like he like lifts up his shirt and like takes his pants down a little bit. And he just has like a kidney, like a, like a surgery scar is the only one he has. Yeah. I mean, then again, he's not fighting dangerous fish all the time like them. No, and at this point, yeah, uh, Quint and Brody, uh, Quint and Hooper's legs are, like, both on top of each other, on top of the table, and it's a, let's drink to our leg, let's drink to our legs. <laughs> then we get the little musical number. Well, we get the, um, after that is the story that Quint tells about the uh, USS Indianapolis that sunk when they were delivering the nuclear bomb to Hiroshima. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which is a fucking, like, it's so, like, it's such a fucked up story. Because, number one, they're delivering a nuclear bomb to go kill an entire, like, city. Which is, like, okay, that's fucked up. And then it's the boat. Yeah, you got to live with that for the rest of your life. Which I think is a reason why he is the way he is. Like, Quint, why he's just perpetually drunk. Is he just, like, this is the only way he can get through it. And then the boat sinks, and all of his friends get eaten. Yeah. Well, I love the line where he's like, then, you know, the rescue uh, boat came and that's the scariest moment for me. Just waiting my turn, wondering if I was going to go under next. Yeah. And then, then like uh, Quint leans back and you see Hooper like slack jawed staring at him about the story. And then there's just dead silent for like a for like a beat. And then that's when you hear like whales and they're like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, they're whales. And this is when they start singing. And we already did the one song, but I have to do my other favorite song. I, I was setting you up for it, I know. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it's gone right to my head. Forever I may roam. home. You'll always hear me sing the song. Show me the way to go home. And like, I love that the by the end of it they're like pounding on the table and screaming <laughs> i was gonna do i start smacking my arm wrist a little like wait no i have dogs in this house i'm recording it's not good to pound on a wooden table right now i almost did as well but then i was like i'm recording audio <laughs> yeah no it, i love it yeah I, it, my favorite scene of the entire movie and it's i don't i can't think of too much other scenes that are this perfect for me whereas like, i don't know how they could have made it better in any way it's the perfect scene for me do you know who hates their singing huh the shark oh yes yes he's the like shark fucking hates fuck their up. singing he's annoyed like motherfucker i'm trying to sleep yeah you're already <laughs> shooting barrels into me now you're scream singing fuck you i'm gonna fucking ram your boat that's because it's right after that like it's that's the way i read this movie the shark fucking hates their singing yeah well the also the sharks like you said they're the I'm pretty sure they hunt sometimes by like location, like echolocation or whatever, where like if there's vibrations in the water, it's going to attack. And they're sitting like under, they're sitting like in the galley of the boat or whatever, singing. So you have to think of them screaming. It's probably sending out vibrations into the water. If anything, like if the engine wasn't on, they were just kind of sitting there waiting. Them pounding on the table could have definitely done that. Yeah. Yeah, but at this point, yeah, the uh, the lights start flickering and then go completely off, which is scary as fuck, because they're out in the middle of nowhere. 
and they're they're running around trying to do all their shit and everything. And then it's kind of turning to morning too, like at this time. So it's obviously overnight, and you get that cool shooting star scene, which. There's not much yeah. to it, but it's just cool to mention that was a real shooting star, was not planned to be there or anything, and they loved it and kept it in. That's all. Yeah, it's such a one in a million shot that they would get that, you know, shot with the camera. Yeah, and like the scene was good to keep and everything. Like, it, there's the odds of that happening are astronomical. Yeah, it's really awesome. The shark comes up. Brody starts radioing for help because he wants the bigger boat, and Quint just smashes the radio. Dumbest move in the movie, yeah. right there. Very much so. I love how he smashes the radio and Quint just hands Brody the baseball bat. He's like, here you go, Chief. Because Quint's not thinking the shark's going to eat the back of the boat off later. No, with, like, within the day. <laughs> yes. But they shoot it with another barrel and they start chasing it down. So now it has two barrels on it. And they retrieve the tie. They retrieve the barrels, like the rope from it, and they tie them off onto the boat. But the shark starts pulling them. It just lets you know how strong this fucker is. Yeah, and it's pulling them backwards, so, like, all this water is now rushing into the boat, down into the engine. Yeah. And that it's wild, it's cool, um, Quint finally cuts the ropes. Oh, by the way, that scene, like, where it's like, make sure you have gloves on or that rope will rip your hand up. Yeah. And it does. That happened to me once. Not chasing oh. sharks, I'm not that cool, but holding a boat down, and it started going, like, kicked off, and I was trying to hold the rope. I still have scars on my hand from that. That was like over 15 years ago. That's got to fucking hurt because that's just, it's a, it's a rope burn, right? But like an extreme one. Yeah. And it just cuts right through. You get that pussy ooze blood it is the Ugh. worst. Especially because it, like, it almost instantly cauterizes it at the same time. It was bad. Yeah. Especially being on the, like the palms of your hand, like, because now you can't do anything. And like yep. every time it For moves two weeks, of- Anytime I use my hand, it was like excruciating pain. Oh, I feel bad for 15 year ago, Greg. Yeah, I didn't like that guy anyway. Fuck him. Yeah, um, he deserved it. <laughs> yes. But th- I love this whole, this is where the movie kicks up to 11. And this is, like you said, when I was younger, the part I liked. Yeah, because when I was young, I loved pirates and I loved like the movies where you saw the boats getting destroyed. So this is when I would always run into the room because mom would be like, Brett, the scene's on. And I'd go running into the room to watch this scene because it's just so badass. It's great. Uh, look, their plan is to start heading back towards shore and then like they might have better luck there. And they know the boat's going down anyway, so they need to get closer to shore. But the shark's following them and Hooper keeps yelling at Quint, don't ramp that engine up so high. But he doesn't listen and the engine blows. And so now they're kind of stuck there. And not only does Quint not back the engine down, he makes it go faster. Oh, yeah, he's like, ah, fuck you. It's my fucking boat. Fuck you. Go give me a shot. (laughs) And then, so now it's Hooper's turn to be hero because they assemble the shark cage and drop him in and because he wants to inject the shark with poison that he brought. Well, yeah, because at this point, Quint's broken his boat and he's finally like... So, uh, Hooper, what, uh, fancy things can you do with this technology of yours? Like, he's finally asking for a little bit of help. (laughs) This is fine. Okay, let's try it your way, then. Like, oh, I fucked up. Okay. (laughs) Um, but he's in the cage, and the shark just rams fucking right through it, and he drops his little poison stick. Well, because I don't even think, I mean, Hooper has an idea of how big it is, I think. But when you're face-to-face with it there, he just completely freaks out. 
Oh yeah, I would too. And this is um where you get a little behind the scenes, which this is kind of well like a well known thing, but I just want to throw it in there. Uh, they um certain parts of that scene was filmed with a real shark and a miniature cage, but they forgot of like oh wait a minute we don't have a mini uh, hooper in the cage while the shark's rolling around on it and stuff, so it doesn't make sense with the original story where uh, Hooper was going to die. So they rewrote the story on the fly because they loved the scene so much and it looks so good with the shark, like real shark attacking the cage. That You can tell when they, it's the real shark. Yeah. That's when they rewrote it to Hooper, like, swims down to the bottom of the ocean and, like, hides behind a rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah. And it's smartest thing for, uh, smartest thing that almost anyone's done this entire time. Hide yeah. from the shark. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Leave it alone. Go away. <laughs> yeah, but at this point is when uh, Brody and Quint are like, something fucked up's going on. So they are trying to bring the cage back up, but the shark's rolling around on it. So it breaks the arm that the cage was on. And they have to like really quick, like rig up something to uh, get the cage up. So they just put it on a hook and they're like reeling it in and they see that there's no one in there and the cage is completely destroyed. Yeah, so just drop it back down. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, and then the shark comes up and just destroys the whole back of the boat, and the boat's obviously sinking at this point. Yeah, the shark just launches itself up onto the boat. Like, not all the way onto the boat, but, like, half of it's on the boat, to where now the boat's, like, tipping that way and, like, breaking apart and just sinking slowly. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Um, it's cool, too, because since he's on the back of the boat, the boat's tipping up. And Quint slides in a cool fucking scene right into the shark's mouth. Yeah, where Quint, like, goes, like, he goes sliding down, because, like you said, it's, like, it's up at an angle. And Brody tries to grab his hand real quick, but slips out. And then there's that quick, like, few seconds of the scene where Quint is, like, the jaws are just chomping, like, nonstop. It's like, nang, 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 nang. And Quint is right at the jaws with his feet, trying to, like, kick at it to like stay away from it and he's like oh god oh fuck oh god you know and then yeah. finally he gets chomped in half and just this blood spurt out of Quint's mouth and like the screaming and stuff like even though he's been a dickhead this entire movie you feel kind of bad for him oh yeah he, he was a dick but not the deserves to die dick you know what I mean no. and then and I also... it's brutal PG movie but yeah, PG brutal movie. And at the and then uh, Brody is now the only one left on the boat, because he sees Quint like kind of get drug underwater, which is a really cool scene where he's not fully in the shark's mouth yet. Yeah. And so, but Brody's like, "Hey, I'm fucking terrified of water. I'm terrified of boats. Now I'm the only one. Right now, he thinks he's the only one left because he doesn't know Hooper's still alive. Yeah. And it, so the boat's slowly sinking, and Chief has now gone into like the cabin part. And I love the shark just rams through the window just right at him. Like, there's no, like, holding off anymore. No, it's it's wild. You're on its level now. And it's genius. This is such a cool way, like, for them to pull it off, too. Like, how to kill the shark. Because yeah. he shoves the oxygen tank into its mouth. And it goes away, but still, like, in the side of its mouth, kind of. Yeah, it's like a cigar. You guys know. You've seen it. Come on. You it's, know. It's like, it's like the, the shark has a cigar in his mouth. Think of that. Where he's like, yeah. yeah that's. That's a good way, yeah. And so um, the 
ship's just about all sunk now. Brody's on the crow's nest, like the only thing still out of the water. Shark comes, he misses a few shots with the gun. Finally, he hits the oxygen tank. Kabloom, the shark has exploded it into... I heard that... I'm not taking credit for this. I heard this joke a long time ago. And then the shark explodes into a million sequels. Oh, yes, yes. It would, And none of them good. <laughs> yes. Some but of the yeah, spinoffs and, like, ripoffs are good, though. Yeah. Oddly better than the sequels. But, oh, yeah. um... Well, what's the uh, line? Die, you son of a... And then it explodes. <laughs> yes. Hooper's alive. He comes back up. Uh, the only moment is, Quint, Brody shakes his head, nah. But then they yeah. get instantly happy again. <laughs> they tie some of the barrels to a plank and just paddle back to shore all smiley and happy. But I would also now be worried still about sharks because a 25 to 30 foot shark just exploded and there's all this blood and carcass in the water. That's going to attract more sharks. Yeah, you literally have no other option, though. No, true, but they're, they're very much like, oh, yeah, they're, like, joking when they're paddling on their way in. I forget what they're exactly saying, but it's, um, they're just fucking around, basically. I would still be like, no, be on your lookout. On the bright side, there's enough blood and explosion. I'm sure if sharks came, they're going to go after that. It's clearly already dead then after you. True. And have to worry about you getting away. Yeah. As long as you beeline for the shore pretty quick. Right. And that's Jaws. This new, exciting movie that no one's ever heard about. Yeah, brand new. Um, very uh, indie. I think it just got discovered, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is indie director Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he might have a future. I don't know. Oh, no, probably not. He will, no, he'll have a future for a little bit, and then he'll start making complete shit. <laughs> he might be right there. <laughs> but yeah, Jaws. I always thought that how it um cuts the credits there... I always thought it was a little bit weird. I would have loved if they had got if it had shown him getting back to shore, but just a little nitpick. Yeah, or show him walking on the shore during the credit roll. Oh yeah, I want to see Brody run up and hug his wife. Yeah. Have you ever read the book? No, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, it's not good. And like in the book, there's this whole like subplot where Brody's wife and Hooper are like having an affair behind his back. From what I understand, the book was more used for premise than actual adaptation. Yeah, definitely, because the book is not very good. I didn't like it very much. Yeah, but the movie's fantastic. Oh, it's, it really is withstood, withstood the test of time all these years later. It's wild that we're still sitting here talking about it, but it, it holds up extremely well. Well, it's a movie that every time, every uh, year or like around the 4th of July, and especially in like the summertime... I watch it once or twice in the summer just because it's such a great summer movie. Oh, yeah. And for bastard streaming sites to take it off right when everyone wants to watch it. Yeah. Which, that's like, I, um, I had a copy, so it was okay, but I just went to, I think it was on Max like a week before. Yeah. I went to go watch it for the podcast. Like, Where'd it go? Oh, because all of them were on HBO Max. Because at first I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch all of these because yeah, I love horrible movies and I haven't seen the sequels in so long. Yeah, I have. I, you know, I think I've only actually seen uh, 3D. Oh, okay. Yeah, 3D's terrible where it has that shot where it's the shark swimming towards the glass, but the shark's yeah. not moving. It looks like a picture of a shark that's moving. Yeah, it's bad. But this is the most... I think this is the movie that was so good. You know, a lot of times when there's a real good movie and they make a thousand sequels and they're all shit, you kind of almost lose that love for the movie. Right. 
Jaws is the exact exception. Everyone still loves Jaws. Everyone just admits the sequels suck. Don't bother. Oh, 100%. And like you said, it spawned a million ripoffs where there's like Piranha. There's um a killer whale one. I think it's called Orca. It is called Orca, yes. Yeah. And still today, like, I mean, I guess they're just shark movies, but there wouldn't be a shark movie genre if it wasn't for Jaws. Like, you know, like Deep Blue Sea, um, The Meg, uh, 27 oh, yeah. meters down, all those things. Yeah, the Meg. I saw that in theaters, and it was just I such did too. a schlock bad movie, but I loved it because it's Jason Statham fighting a Megalodon somehow. <clears throat> I should have hated it. I loved it too. It was so, so much I. fun. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun, but that's a lot of these shark movies. They're really bad, but sometimes you find a gem in some of them, like Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is a complete schlock B bad movie, but it's fucking got some great scenes in it. Like when Samuel L. Jackson's standing in front of the uh, pool and he's like giving this huge speech and the shark just comes up and just eats him. It wanted a hit of the cigarette because it eats its arm that's holding the cigarette. Yeah. So you want to get into our end of stuff? Yes. Where are we at, Greg? All right. So I was thinking, I got to ask you, I, I started when I started doing the whole kill count thing. I honestly wasn't thinking of Dead Meat, which is an awesome channel. I love their podcast and YouTube channel. They do the thing, you know, the kill count that they do. Right. And I don't want us to seem ripoffy because ours is tallying all of our movies together. So right. should I change the name of the kill count, do you think, out of um, not like a, I don't want to get yelled at, but I want to give those guys their credit because they do great work over there. I mean, possibly just because they are so. Like, that's such a uh, popular channel and whatnot. Maybe, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. Okay, maybe, well, this week it's still going to be the kill count, but that's for all you people to know. I never intended to rip off dead meat. Ours is a little different. I love what they do, but we'll come up with something. But this we're going to keep count- doing- <laughs> this We're going to call it something. Of kills. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the death tally or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, the Throbbing with Horror kill count is where we add up all the kills in all the movies we've ever watched to make one big total. So last week we did Mandy Brett and yes. Mandy left us with a total of 411 kills. Real, Where real do you think Jaws to, left us? Real quick to go back to Mandy. Remember that no! we're looking at each other and they're so in love. <laughs> <laughs> so what did it leave us at 411? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, God, let me think. Because I this is the thing with the whenever when we're doing the count of kills is like I try not to pay attention and count the kills in the movie so that this is like spontaneous and I can just try to guess my best guess. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say eight. No, actually, a little bit less than that. So we're at 411. We ended up at 416 for a total of five kills for Jones. Okay. Okay, I knew it wasn't a huge kill movie, but there was definitely, like, a few in there. Yeah, we had the girl at the beginning, yeah. the young boy. Alex Kidd, the, J- Jason Voorhees. <laughs> yes, um, the guy who we found head. Yeah. Then we had Quint. Yeah. Am I missing one? Oh, and then the guy in the Lagoon Pond thing. Right. Okay, that was our five. Yeah, there you go. How about Bruce? Hey, it's Shark, you know, that gets fished. <laughs> it's fishy. How about uh, <laughs> Hey, Dad. <laughs> All right, get to uh, your thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So Greg does his count of kills every week. I'm gonna call it count of kills from now on. 
No, but go on. <laughs> I, th- I think of like the count from like Sesame Street for some reason. <laughs> One, two, three murders. Three Jason murders. murdered uh, three uh, people. Uh. <laughs> One, two, three uh, impalings. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I do my rating system, but I don't like to do stars because, like you, like you said about the kill count, someone else already kind of does. You know, has that name, so I don't want to do stars because Joe Bob does stars so well, but Cisco and Ebert also do stars so badly. So I don't do stars for A, I love you, Joe Bob, and B, fuck you, Cisco and Ebert. Yes, because of Friday the 13th, you know what you did. Bad, bad, bad reviewers. <laughs> um, and I always try to, so I try to pick something one through ten from the movie to rate it. And I always do it spontaneously right now. So what should I do for Jaws? How about Bloody Rafts? Okay. So one Bloody Raft is like, it's not even hardly bloody. It looks like you got like a nosebleed on it. It doesn't even count. It washes away immediately. Ten Bloody Rafts is the raft from this movie where there's a fucking big shark bite out of it and it's drenched in blood and your mother comes up and cries into the raft. (laughs) Okay. I'm giving this movie nine rafts out of ten. It's almost perfect. I can see that 100%. Because there's certain, like, the beginning of the movie, as much as I love it and whatnot, it's a little bit slow at points. There's a little bit too much of beach and, like, town politics stuff for me. Of, like, I always, every year, is just like, close the fucking beach. Just shut up and close the beach and save your people that voted you in. But then we won't have the movie if not. I know, but it's also if I feel like it could have they could have cut out one or two of the scenes of them being like, do we close the beach or not? And it would have still had the same impact. So that's honestly like why it kind of loses one little thing for me. But other than that, just that scene alone where they're singing is almost makes it a 10. I'm glad you went nine because I was I had the same thought I did when we did Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, I know I should be rating this a 10. I feel like I should, but it's not there for me. I'm glad I was honest with myself. Okay, good. Yeah. I gave it a nine and a half bloody rafts. So okay. just slightly higher than you. Again, there are a few things they could have done. Like they could have either got to the end a little quicker, not made the movie shorter, but like where they're on the boat or done some more things with that to stretch it out. Like they maybe could have had Brody radio another boat and had that go down or something like that. Right. Just like to get the oh, cool moments a little more to balance out the, again, necessary character and story building moments, but balance it out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. Where, yeah, it's, I had to, I wanted to give it a 10, but I had to sit there and be like, I don't, it's not quite a 10 for me. And there's no, if you were listening, you're like, fuck you guys, it should have been a 10. I get the 10, believe me. That's just my rating and Brett's rating. So, this is also coming from someone who rated uh, Veronica a six. So take that. Yeah. So everything Brett rates is irrelevant, everybody. So yeah. don't even worry. <laughs> Mandy is a 10, though, because that one time when they gave each other that look and they're so in love and they know it's going to be the last time they ever see each other, Greg. I wasn't even mad about you rating Mandy a 10. That one didn't bother me. <laughs> it, it gets a 10 for love alone. <laughs> All right. So what's um, next week, Greg? Next week is one I'm looking forward to because I haven't watched it since almost it came out, even though I have it because I found it somewhere. But I like this movie a lot. At least I remember liking it a lot. 
and that would be James Gunn Slither. Yeah, I'm really excited to check this movie out again because the same thing with you. I've seen it a couple times, but it's been a really long time since I've gotten to watch it. So I like I know Michael Rooker's in it. Like he's great in it. He's great in everything he's in. And it's just it's a fun B movie on purpose, but it's not it doesn't come across as like a Sharknado. It actually still kind of is takes itself a little seriously. No, it's not like an asylum movie like that does all the the mockbusters and Sharknados and stuff. It's not like that. It's still a well done movie with just a little bit of schlock thrown in there for on purpose. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk about this movie because once again, it's a body horror movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that. There's a lot of it too in this. Yeah, and it's and if I if I remember right, this movie grossed me the fuck out. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so we'll be back next week with Slither. That'll be a really fun time. Um, do you have anything, Greg? No, not really. That's about all I got. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else really either new this week in horror for me. Um, so yeah, you guys have a great week. Uh thanks for listening. Um check us out next week for Slither, and we hope Jaws has left your brain throbbing with horror. <laughs> <laughs>